Welcome to a mini-series of podcasts for Passion and Purpose Sunday. Passion and Purpose Sunday is set aside in the Diocese of New Jersey of the Episcopal Church as an intentional day for preaching, teaching, testimony, and theological reflection about vocation, proclaiming and expressing a passion and a purpose for our lives as friends and followers of Jesus Christ. Ultimately, Passion and Purpose Sunday is about renewing a sense of vocation for all Christians and for encouraging all people to discern their callings in the light of Jesus Christ. What is Jesus' call to you? I'm Peggy Hodgkins. And I'm Greg Bazilla. This year, Passion and Purpose Sunday is set for April 22nd, the third Sunday of Easter, and the texts appointed in the Revised Common Lectionary for the third Sunday of Easter are Acts chapter 3, verses 12 through 19, Psalm 4, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, Luke chapter 24, verses 36b through 48. Now, if the lectionary texts are a climbing wall, what handholds and footholds are there for the preacher or the one giving testimony on Passion and Purpose Sunday? At first glance, it may not seem like there is anything in the readings that touches on the theme of vocation. These are not call narratives like the calling of Moses, Gideon, Samuel, or Isaiah, or like the calling of the first disciples in the Gospels. What do we do with these texts on Passion and Purpose Sunday? Peggy, where would you start? Uh, Thanks, Greg. Uh, Let me get my acts together. Oh, (laughs) that's terrible. (laughs) Listen, thinking about our sermon for the third Sunday of Easter, um, one of the first lines that stood out for me was, um, you know, that we are all witnesses through our faith. We're witnesses to something crucial that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And for me, that's a major handhold. You know, it's based on our resurrection that we're believers and that we have a call to serve. What do you think about Acts, that passage? Well, at first I was flummoxed. Again, I I wasn't quite sure how to get a handhold on this for preaching about vocation. And so I stepped back to the collect for third Sunday of Easter from the Book of Common Prayer. And it goes something like this, Open the eyes of our faith that we may behold Him in all His redeeming work. Open the eyes of our faith that we may behold Him in all His redeeming work. And so here's a story of the apostles doing the work of redemption. Um, It's the story from... Acts chapter 3 of Peter and John at the beautiful gate. There is a man who was born lame. They encounter him and they raise him up. They take him by the hand and raise him to his feet. And I I wonder about the story um, as a story of healing. And I wonder also about those in our congregations um, who also have stories of healing to tell. I know for for many of us, our vocational stories may begin with a story of healing, our own healing, or the healing of a family member, or perhaps an illness, or some situation which is not resolved in a person's life. And that Mm -hmm. becomes the, the... context in which people begin to hear God's call to them. But here, here, this is a story that's told in the bright light of Easter. And the, the Lord has been raised, 
and ascended and gone on high. The Spirit um, now rests on Peter and John and the others, and they're doing the work of Jesus in the world. They are making people whole. They're making lives whole. And you can see the shape of vocation right there in their own lives. Their, their own lives have been shaped by the resurrection and given a new direction. And now, um, here they are. They're going around. They're, they are giving life and health to others. Well, you know, uh, it's a beautiful story of healing indeed. And I think it's interesting that Peter says, you know, it's not by our own power or our own piety that makes this healing in our lives possible. It's, it's the power of Christ. Yeah, it, it, it um, comes from God. It comes from on high. And, and, and ultimately, it comes from, from, from Jesus, this Jesus they knew in life, who they met again after death in the power of his resurrection. It comes from, it comes from Jesus. And in verse 19, we have... A call, chapter three, nineteen of Acts. Uh, turn to God. Turn to God, mm. so that your sins may be wiped out. But yeah. that, that re- word repentance means to turn around, turn back to God. So we're all called to to turn to God. And indeed, I think all of our um, vocational stories they often begin with a change of direction. Um, we're going in one direction. We hear God speaking to us. There's a word from God. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves doing a 180 or, or making a sharp right turn or just putting on the brakes. And we find ourselves going in a whole other direction. Yeah. And I think we learn as we walk by faith that it is faith in Christ's name uh, that is what helps us to grow into being in the full image of who God is calling us to be. Mm. Um, yeah. Should we turn and look to uh, Psalm 4? Do you want to say anything else about the Acts passage? Oh, maybe we'll come back to it. I think <laughs> okay. all of these, um, once we get into them, they, they seem perhaps to, um, they seem to feed into each other. Um, what about you? I, I don't preach often on the Psalms. I don't hear many sermons on the Psalms, mm-hmm. but I, I wonder whether there might be something here, especially on this Sunday, a Sunday that calls for mm-hmm. personal testimony. Yeah. Well, the very word call is in the first verse of the psalm. Uh, Answer me when I call. It's a plea, isn't it? Mm. Um, Our call to God. Yeah, listen. Listen to my needs, O God. Yeah. Um, Be gracious, hear my prayer. I like in the psalms um, all the personal language of testimony. Here's a place where that first person singular I and me and mine, Mm. here's an opportunity we can use that language and perhaps not be so self-conscious about it. And it's Mm. a a reminder of the power of personal testimony, telling our own stories of redemption, telling our own stories of healing and of deliverance and and of freedom. Mm -hmm. And so maybe one tactic for the, the, the preacher who's approaching this text is to take some of these verses and to turn them into questions, questions first for the preacher, but also questions for the congregation that become invitations to people in the congregation to reflect on their own stories. Mm-hmm. So one can ask, um, how has God set you free? Or from what bondage or what prison has God freed you? Uh, you could ask, what wonders has the Lord done for you? Mm. And also ask, when has the Lord put gladness in your heart? And 
these when might has, be when has the light of Christ shone upon yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. How oh. how have you felt that? Maybe it was a very dramatic story. Um, you mentioned the light of Christ shining on on our lives. I think of the story of Saul and his conversion. There was a bright light in in one of the accounts. Mm-hmm. So that's one example of that light shining on a person. A very dramatic light that literally. Uh, changes their life. But I also wonder um, whether that light sometimes is a very gentle light. It's. I think it could feel gentle at times, but it could also be frightening. Like maybe God's asking something of me. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, but but also in the psalm, we, we see that uh, admonition to put our trust in God. Put our trust in God. And isn't that the case that when we're being called to do something, it does feel risky? Mm. It does feel that something is at stake, that there are consequences potentially for us and for others. And so we might hesitate to take that step, but here is a word of trust. And that that sounds authentic. That sounds really true to the experience of hearing God's call to us. It certainly does. Oh my Anything gosh. else about the song? Um, um, no, no. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering about First John. I, I have to say that this might be the text that gave me the most challenge. Um, you know, I was thinking this was the text that might offer the most for the potential preacher. Oh, okay. Go, well, you uh, go for it. Um, I'm stymied. Um, well, it starts out, see what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And, you know, that's it's starting out with a, a tone of thankfulness. See what love we've been given and... It reminded me of something Bishop Council said at the last clergy day, which was um, the very first press release of Christians was, see how they love one another. And we have this incredible love that we know both in our personal piety, but also in our community life as Christians in the church, uh, that God loves us so deeply. So a question that a preacher could pose maybe is, how do we respond to this love? You know, God is calling all of us, offering all of us, you know, eternal love Mm. to live in a place of love eternally. That's the heaven that is the now and the not yet. So, so it's the, it's the knowledge of this love, feeling it in one's own being, one's own person Mm. that, that, creates a response in us, that elicits a response in us. And we think about Christian worship, our, our praise of God, our thanksgiving of God, and then the shaping of our, our lives by this love. And so we know ourselves to be loved by our God because we have known this love in, in, in Jesus Christ. It's been communicated to us in, in our churches, our communities, our small groups, and the ministries, in our homes, our families, our friendships. You could try to find examples or stories of particular acts of love that we've experienced in our communities as, as something that changed us or transformed us. Yeah, that, 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 that sense of love, of being loved as a transforming experience. And mm-hmm. You know, I, our mission is to be a transforming community, and we need leaders uh, who can be, uh, you know... Uh, I'm losing my better stuff, my stuff. So we need leaders who can lead by by loving, by showing us mm-hmm. what 
love looks like on the model of Jesus, on, on the gospel story. I'm also, as I'm looking at this, and, and, and as I'm looking at it, as I listen to our conversation, I also wonder whether this, this text from 1 John is, points us back to our baptism mm. and to our adoption into the household of God. Holy baptism is our adoption into the household of God, our welcome into the family of God. And so I wonder about our own Christian stories as stories of adoption, of being welcomed, of being offered hospitality, of, of, of belonging and knowing that one is loved. And, and so the response of being loved is to love others. Yes, and forgiveness, of course, is a big part of loving yeah. others. Um, and, um, and all through Easter season, that seems to be important in the text we hear read in church in the Acts of the Apostles and, and in the Epistles, uh, that message of forgiveness, which seems to follow fast on the proclamation that Christ is risen, that the Apostles and the people who received this good news had this immediate sense of their sins being forgiven, of being released from the bondage of sin and, and set free. And so they were entrusted with this ministry of reconciliation. Um, and it's very powerful. It is powerful. Um, wow. So an opportunity to reclaim that and to and preach that and to allow it to inform our testimony. And Greg, maybe an opportunity to segue into the gospel because th those themes are also present, I think. In Luke's in, gospel. In Luke, yeah. yeah. So where do you see those themes in, in Luke? Um, well... In the last verse of Luke, it says, you know, the Messiah is to suffer and rise from the dead and on the third day. And, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Mm. You are witnesses of these things, that, that language of uh, being a witness. Yeah. And I think those of us who um, feel called uh, into ordained ministry, uh, need to ask others, you know, do you feel the call? Make that question known in the congregation, or just at least annually on Passion and Purpose Sunday, to, to raise up a question. Um, how is God calling you to serve? It may not be ordained ministry. It might be a different kind of ministry of, of transformation. Um, but as witnesses of the resurrection as the disciples were in, in the Luke Gospel, um, we do have this mission to proclaim uh, the joy of the resurrection, the repentance and the forgiveness of sins that our Messiah proclaimed to all people. And, you know, it may not seem like all nations in our congregations, but then you think of, you know, all the diversity of peoples in our congregations in the Diocese of New Jersey, and it is all nations, our our congregations. And what I like about the, the, the end of this reading from Luke is that, that simple statement, you are witnesses of these things. Yeah. As we hear it read on Sunday morning in our churches, it becomes a, a universal statement and becomes an invitation to everyone in the congregation for all of us to think of ourselves as witnesses. And maybe that's the beginning of our own discernment. Um, mm -hmm. I know when I, when I first um, started to, to consider my own calling, how God might be calling me, 
I, I wasn't quite sure where to begin, but the text is giving us the invitation to simply name those things in our own lives that we've been a witness to. Where have we seen the Spirit of the risen Lord at work in the church and in the world, in our own lives, and to name those things? And where have we had a chance to eat with Jesus? Yeah. You know, like the story is about sharing right. a meal on the beach, you know, a piece of broiled fish and and, and Jesus takes it and eats it in their presence, in the presence of the disciples. Where have we had table fellowship with our Lord? And this <laughs> might be, it might be, I don't know, it might be at Burger King. It might be in our own homes. It might be mm-hmm. in a school cafeteria. It might yeah. be at the water fountain um, at work. Um, it could be in so many places. But where have we met, met the, the risen Lord in our own lives? And and shared a meal, and feasted with him, and had conversation. <laughs> I see you smiling, even as you're talking about it, because there's a joy in there's, this. There uh, is a joy in this. Um, here, here it is. It's the Christian experience of, 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 of meeting the risen Lord. Um, it's the joy of Easter, really, this the resurrection encounter. And it's so unexpected, it, and it's not always in the walls of the church. It could be anywhere out there in the world, and in our lives. But here's this strong, strong promise implied in the text from Luke that we will meet the risen Lord and that our lives will be transformed. Just one last thought, Greg. Uh, I noticed, you know, that the disciples are are scared when they first saw Jesus. They didn't recognize him. They thought they were seeing a ghost. And often when we hear a call from God, we don't really know what's going on and we're not sure how to respond, or where is Jesus calling me, or do I recognize him? Is it really the, the risen Lord? Is, yeah. is God calling to me, or is it some other voice? Right. We and, have to discern and, and take the time to figure out. And uh, doubt what is, is part of that experience, yes. and asking questions, mm-hmm. and, and holding back. And that takes time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for more podcasts and resources for Passion and Purpose Sunday. You can learn more by visiting online, newjersey.anglican.org. Special thanks to Christopher De La Cruz, a student at Princeton Theological Seminary, for the guitar music that accompanies this podcast. <laughs>